Kunal, what an exciting race it was. You know, I am still recovering after this race. And I also think it was the most exciting race of 2016. <laughs> yet. <laughs> and this is despite the fact that we had a fairly predictable result. You know, the usual Mercedes 1-2. And we actually had to wait some three hours for the actual race to begin. But it was well worth it. And you know, this could have been the race where we have a new world champion crowned. Could have been. <laughs> could have been. So Nico Rosberg just needed to win to claim his title. But we didn't get to see that. And what we saw instead was an absolute confirmation, you know, that we have a future world champion called Max Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we really needed a confirmation anyway. But Max drove a champion's race, without a doubt. And we'll actually talk about that a little later in our podcast. Yeah, I think we'll be talking about that quite a bit. <laughs> but before we start, uh, to introduce ourselves to our listeners, I am Mithila. And I am Kunal. And together we bring to you the Inside Line F1 podcast, a weekly show that adds a whole lot of humor to Formula One. A whole lot of humor because that's exactly what Formula One needs. <laughs> but here's a quick reminder for all of you to subscribe to us on iTunes. And there's also an RSS link in the description for you to follow us via Audio Boom. So a quick summary of all that we have for y'all in this episode. Max Verstappen stole Lewis Hamilton's thunder in Brazil. And how. And how. And how dare he. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Felipe Massa had an absolutely heartwarming farewell. Actually, I will add the word mid-race farewell. I still cannot get over that. And Nico Rosberg, he continued his spate of good luck. And Fernando Alonso's humor, he kept that up and how. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll also speak about if the FIA needs to reconsider some rules for wet races in the future. So stay tuned, guys. Yeah, lots and lots of ands and lots and lots of topics for us to discuss. So yes, Lewis Hamilton won in Brazil. And Kunal, he's going to be really happy about that because A, he won. So yay. <laughs> and Kunal, we all know that he called Senna his idol. So to finally win a race in Brazil would be really, really special for Lewis. And see, yes, most importantly, he saved yet another Rosberg match point to take the battle all the way down to the wire to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and here we predicted that. Yes. <laughs> Let's remember, Abu Dhabi pays a lot of money to host these down-to-the-wire races. Either way, I am very glad that Hamilton has taken his lessons on how to save match points so seriously from Serena Williams. And I'm Pretty sure that Bernie is a happy man, you know, given this whole Abu Dhabi context that we are now talking about. And I'm sure even for that matter, the sheikhs of Abu Dhabi, the guys who fund the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix are pretty happy as well. Eventually, this is what they are paying for. If my memory is right, I think two titles of late have been decided in Abu Dhabi. 2010 for Vettel and 2014 for Lewis Hamilton. I just had this horrible flashback to something we don't quite uh, happily remember Abu Dhabi for, the double points. <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, given how successful this all-wet race in Brazil was, maybe Formula One should seriously consider Bernie's sprinklers idea. It just could be so amazing. 
you know, he's talking of walls, he's talking of sprinklers, and this man is treating Formula One like entertainment. And I don't think that's entirely bad. But anyway, um, the one thing that I was most impressed about the Brazilian Grand Prix is the FIA. Seriously, is that because they've not banned the shoey yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, there were repeated rain showers and heavy ones at that. Uh, ones that induced multiple safety car and red flag periods. However, on almost every instance, the FIA reacted well to ensure that the race was contested in a safe manner and that we got the entire race distance. And, you know, like our listener Hiten Patel put it, possibly the best wet weather race since Canada 2011. And this was absolutely crucial because this could have been a title-deciding race. And Kunal, I am sure the FI did not want to get lynched by Lewis Hamilton fans for not taking the right decisions. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Hamilton fans could blame the rain gods if they needed to. (laughs) The crucial point here is that the race had to run a 75% distance or 53 laps. Uh, to ensure that half points were not awarded to the drivers. Because, you know, had half points been awarded, it would have been even more difficult for Hamilton to defend his title in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I did some calculations. And had half points been awarded, Rosberg could have planned to finish fourth in Abu Dhabi and still have won the World Drivers' Championship. (laughs) Basically, he would have needed to finish behind Hamilton and the two Red Bull racing cars, and still win his maiden world title. (laughs) That would have been the dream for him. (laughs) Anyway, in typical Formula 1 precision and style, the 71-lap race ended at the dot of the fourth hour. Speaking of the FIA, it's so funny that they decided to let Charlie Whiting make his debut at the driver's press conference. (laughs) Not so much the driver's press conference anymore. (laughs) Well, and Sebastian Vettel was present too. I think the FI is finally developing a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. We should invite them on our podcast now. (laughs) But I am only... Not if they ban the shoey. (laughs) Not if they... (laughs) Sorry. Honestly, I am only slightly disappointed that Lewis Hamilton did not post any Snapchats from the press conference. (laughs) You know, I would have loved to see Charlie Whiting with those bunny ears. (laughs) He probably would not have known what Snapchat is. Well, coming back to the wet weather conditions in Brazil, they proved quite a few things in my view. The first one is that Formula 1 drivers are the best drivers in the world and they can even bend laws of physics when required. I think we had a fantastic race out there. Like our listener Akshay Devdhar tweeted, you know, Max Verstappen could be a good candidate for X-Men because he seems to control physics sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) One of the second things the wet race proved was that the Pirelli extreme wet tyres are a real issue. I mean, Raikkonen said that the tyres 10 years ago could have handled this kind of rain. But Kunal, to be honest, I think all the Pirelli tyres are an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the FIA should also consider letting teams work on the car setup between the qualifying and the race, if they know it's going to be a wet race. I certainly think so. I'm sure the drivers would love to adjust ride heights, suspension settings and maybe even wing angles and most importantly what 
the wet race in Brazil proved is that Max Verstappen is unstoppable in the wet. What a guy, what a race. And to me, he was not the driver of the race. He was the monster of the race. I mean, mm. probably a rival of Formula One's new rain master. Or? Rechmeister. <laughs> As they say in Dutch. We tried really hard to pronounce it and finally had to resort to YouTube. <laughs> so Max Verstappen took an absolutely different racing line at the exit of the iconic Senna S. And uh, he managed to pull off some really stunning moves. Strangely enough, none of the other drivers thought of taking this line. Typical <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> so yes, the Verstappen is now a racing line <laughs> since the overtaking move has been banned. <laughs> you know, such intense presence of mind, I tell you. He knew where the grip was and he knew actually even where to find the grip. And uh, he was driving on areas of the track most of the other drivers actually did not and experience tells you that in the wet even the dirty side of the track usually does offer some grip well eventually and unfortunately a bad pit stop for max was what was good for formula one <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to yours Verstappen, for this reference well full marks to red bull racing for trying something different to try and win they were already second when they pitted max and the only way they could have gone for the victory was by gambling their tyre strategy. Oh yes, you know, absolutely. And sometimes these gambles work, sometimes they don't. This time it did not. But I'm so glad that it did not. It actually gave us an opportunity to witness Max's class in the wet too. Can you imagine missing out on that because they got their tyre strategy <laughs> right? <laughs> what a loss. I think the best compliment for Max that I read online was that I think Max switched the damage mode off on his Red Bull racing console today. Such a revelation. I mean, I almost don't want to talk about anyone else today. <laughs> Clearly, Kunal. But I think Lewis Hamilton is going to be very, very annoyed with us. And with Max Verstappen. Because just when he finally wins in Senna land, Max Verstappen just comes in and steals all his thunder. <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> This is when Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen should have actually helped Hamilton steal points from Rosberg. I mean, that could have so happened given that Verstappen was between the two Mercedes drivers. And since it matters, Verstappen won the driver of the day. Kunal, <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was the monster of the day for me. He absolutely deserved it. I can't even think of anyone close to being as deserving as him. But guess what? Verstappen has won driver of the day six times more than anyone else on the grid. <laughs> but I ain't signing off on this Verstappen topic yet, let me tell you. So the talent of the century also had the save of the season before he delivered the drive of the year. Such stunning superlatives being used everywhere and by every single Formula 1 fan. I think you forgot to say driver of the year too. <laughs> <laughs> Though it's funny, but Jos Verstappen said that he was also surprised by Max's performance. <laughs> That's how high he's lifted the bar. And and by the way, Max Verstappen scored the fastest lap of the race and that was his first ever. So basically, he now holds the record for being the youngest ever person to hold the fastest lap of a race record. <laughs> One more record for him like he needed it. And he's got Kunal's seven podiums to Ricardo's eight. 
Of course, he started his Red Bull career some four races into the season. So, it isn't a like-to-like comparison. But it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Either way, I know I faced a bit of a debate on this. But I will stick my neck out to say that Max Verstappen could have actually won the Brazilian Grand Prix. Had Red Bull Racing chosen the correct strategy. I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. Like, yes. I certainly do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the funniest thing around Max Verstappen is that Marco had actually called Lauda to complain about Wolf calling Verstappen Sr., asking him to tell his son, please do not interfere in the World Drivers' Championship. <laughs> and despite all of this, Max Verstappen listened to no one. <laughs> Maybe Verstappen did not take Yoss's call since, you know, he belongs to now what we call the WhatsApp generation. Who calls people anyway these days, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there were 21 other drivers in Brazil and Hamilton was the one who won the race. And he said that he won comfortably and this was one of the easiest wins of his career. This is when almost everyone else in the field had their so-called moments on track. I believe that Hamilton is just playing mind games with Nico Rosberg. (laughs) (laughs) And I won't be surprised if he is. I mean, come on. And honestly, with the start behind the safety car in Brazil, Lewis Hamilton had one less start to worry about. (laughs) Crucial. (laughs) Yes, so Lewis Hamilton now has nine wins like Nico Rosberg. He has a 12-point deficit And he won the 44th Brazilian Grand Prix in car number 44. So much for numerology. Also, Lewis Hamilton has now won races on 24 different circuits. Wow. Yes, and this is a statistic he beat Michael Schumacher for. So yes, congratulations. Applaud. (laughs) Nico Rosberg, he finished second. Mission accomplished. I don't know, but I don't think so. And uh, Hamilton is, of course, eating into his lead slowly, race by race. And anyways, you know, Rosberg focuses race by race, as we know. (laughs) But the truth is, Nico Rosberg still leads. And I I think that the Rosberg that turned up in Singapore needs to now turn up in Abu Dhabi if he is to clinch his title. And more importantly, control the fate of his title, you know. I know he can finish third and still, you know, get away with it. But... Uh, You know, this business now seems a little too risky and scarier than winning. And amid all of this, Mercedes actually believes that reliability could still decide the title. That's just just scary to hear and I really (laughs) hope that doesn't happen. And strangely enough, when Lewis Hamilton was questioned on Rosberg's luck, he, he said, you know, it's unbelievable. When will it end? And he also went on to say that I am happy with the same car and I beat Nico. And Nico is driving at his best right now. And he had nothing on me in Brazil. So mind games at their very best wow, in the Mercedes carriage. So cocky. But you know, with all of this in place, kudos to Nico Rosberg for holding things together. And we've always wondered about him doing that in the past. Yes. (laughs) And this is especially in such tricky conditions. And we saw that he had a moment going up the hill. But luckily, he kept it all together. Yes. And I'm sure Rosberg would also agree with us that he was lucky enough to not finish the Brazilian Grand Prix in third place. Honestly, there's a good chance that even if Rosberg wins this year, 
2016 will be remembered more for Max Verstappen than any other driver on the grid. Good point. And given how important Abu Dhabi will be, Nico Rosberg is still saying that he's focusing on winning the race. So he's still taking it race by the race. In fact, even in Brazil, he looked very relaxed despite finishing second. (laughs) (laughs) Rosberg's competition for the most relaxed driver on the grid would be Fernando Alonso. And, you know, the Brazilian Grand Prix has had this knack of being the most productive race in terms of delivering memes for Alonso. (laughs) He's become like the superstar on social media. (laughs) So I loved his free practice moment, you know, where he turned cameraman again. And he admitted that he needed some practice since the sensitivity of the joystick was way too much for him. (laughs) (laughs) I think Max Verstappen can teach him how to use that joystick a little better. (laughs) But Alonso said something really awesome. He said that Formula One needs to pay fans to watch the sport. (laughs) And I wish they did. Yeah, we'd be millionaires, Kunal. (laughs) Unfortunately, he said it at a race, which we've actually rated as the most exciting race of 2016. (laughs) From last year's race, if you remember, his famous deck chair moment, I think that made him Formula One's highest paid viewer. (laughs) (laughs) But hats off to Alonso's performance. He had a fantastic qualifying, you know, he qualified ahead of the Force Indias, Williams and the Haas. And the house of Romain Grosjean in this case. And then he clinched a point in the race after a late spin under the safety car period. Net-net, I think he had a fantastic Brazilian Grand Prix. And all of this when Jensen Button, who is believed to be the sport's best wet racer, he seems to have switched off. He finished 16th and last, which is quite (laughs) embarrassing. (laughs) But I wonder how is it that Massa is getting a guard of honour and a farewell, but Jensen Button isn't. I mean, I know he's taking a sabbatical, but still. (laughs) I guess, Kunal, this is the price you pay for not making up your mind, you know. Should I exit? Should I remain? Seems a bit like the Brexit vote. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I would like to thank Formula One for such a fantastic farewell for Felipe Massa. I still can't believe that both Mercedes and Ferrari, they had their pit crew drop their tools mid-race. I repeat, mid-race and come out to honour Felipe Massa. It was so touching. Obrigado, Felipe. And we're really going to miss you. Yes, and we're going to try our best to have Felipe on the Inside Line Formula One podcast really soon. Which reminds me... Nico Rosberg was actually the first ever F1 driver to be on our podcast. And this was way back in 2013. Kunal, we should put up a link for our listeners to hear to that episode. Oh, yes. And um, by the way, Max Verstappen's brilliance cost Force India and Sergio Perez a podium. And mind you, that would have been a brilliant podium too. The team has scored 163 points, their highest ever. And I think they've pretty much cemented fourth place in the Constructors' Championship. Applaud. I think we should applaud. Absolutely. Dukunal, I am surprised that you still not mentioned Carlos Sainz and his sixth place finish. (laughs) (laughs) He was really happy with his result and he tweeted saying that he was battling with cars that were two seconds quicker in qualifying. (laughs) 
I'm very curious to know how his career is going to pan out. And much like I'm curious to know which all drivers used the water closet or well, the toilet in the Haas garages. <laughs> Actually, the team proudly tweeted Lewis Hamilton's picture. Wow. Outside of their toilet, of course. I think he may have also taken a closer look at their logo, which is actually a capital H. <laughs> <laughs> we seldom talk about Ferrari, of course. and But, you know, they had one driver crashing and unfortunately it was Raikkonen and the other driver calling in for red flags. I think Vettel has some fetish for flags. You know, first it used to be the blue flags and now in Brazil he kept calling for the red flags. <laughs> Oh, and Sergio Perez, well, he saw red over his newly appointed sponsor's tweets on Mexico. I could he did something really shocking. He decided to dump them on Twitter. Wow. Wow. So basically, Sergio Perez dumped a sponsor for mocking Mexico over Trump. <laughs> there is some guts and there is some rhyming as well. <laughs> And Ron Dennis's future isn't known, but it is now confirmed that there are power struggles in McLaren, on track and in the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kimi Raikkonen's wife is pregnant yet again, or so say the rumours. And congratulations to the Raikkonens. <laughs> Talking of pregnancy, Lewis Hamilton has decided to freeze Roscoe's sperm. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners who don't know, Roscoe is his dog. <laughs> And finally, we've actually got Michael Schumacher on Instagram. We all should go give him a follow. I mean, we have, but we are encouraging all listeners to do so as well. I think he's very thoughtful of his management. Thank you very much. But before we sign off, here's an appeal to the FOM. So, you know, in Brazil, they had some samba music playing on the podium. And, you know, I really hope that they bring back the official F1 podium tune in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> because we definitely don't want to hear some belly dancing music <laughs> as the world champion is crowned. Oh, my God. You know, well, you never know. Maybe they play one and Hamilton might just break into an impromptu gig. That's only if he wins. <laughs> and this is right after Nico Rosberg mumbles some words in... Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> and Raikkonen says, boah, and just walks away with rose water in a disappointed face. <laughs> Where's the champagne, <laughs> goddammit? <laughs> well, that said, thank you so much for tuning in. Please do follow us on Facebook, on Google+, and of course, Kunal's F1 blog. Thank you. Thank you. 